Take your Bible tonight to 1 Kings chapter 21. 1 Kings chapter 21. First Kings chapter 21 and verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, the king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. And I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. <laughs> Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbiddeth me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him, for he had said, I will not give the inheritance of my fathers. <clears throat> and he lay down upon a bed, on his bed, and turned away his face and would not eat bread. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, why is thy spirit so sad, and thou eatest no bread? Heavenly Father, thank you for the chance to be here, stand behind this pulpit. What an honor it is to do that, to be held in trust to do this in this church. And I just thank you for that. Be with pastors is away. Be with us tonight in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here we see the story of a privileged king. Things were different in those days. King had absolute power over everybody and everything. And so he looks over the walls and he sees this nice vineyard and he decides he wants it. And so what the king wants, he gets. He doesn't care who he hurts. He doesn't care who he destroys. If he wants it, he gets it. So he goes to Naboth and says, Naboth, I look over my wall and saw that beautiful vineyard there that you have. You did a wonderful job with it, and I want it. I'll, uh, I'll trade you another vineyard for it, or I'll pay you what it's worth to you, but I want it. And I notice what Naboth said. He said, well, listen, uh, king, uh, I'm sorry, but this is an inheritance from my fathers. Now notice fathers, plural. So his father, his father's father, his father's father's father owned this. And it's an inheritance passed down to Naboth. And so to tell you the character of Ahab, he whines like a little girl, goes to bed crying on his pillow, because he can't have his vineyard. And so Jezebel comes and, uh, and says, what's wrong? And he tells him. And Jezebel says, what's wrong with you? Man up. And 
And uh, so Jezebel decides to cancel Naboth. <coughs> We're familiar with that word, right? She decides to cancel Naboth, and so she finds these two men of Belial, of the devil, and he, she tells them to have this party, and they'll raise Naboth up, but they'll, but they'll tell lies about him, and stir up the mob against Naboth. And so, this is all, we see that today, the things that happen in Minnesota, and and then out west in big cities. This has always been the way. The mob, when people in power want something done, they stir up the mob. And so, uh, and so they kill Naboth, and the king gets his way. Gets his little vineyard. He walks amongst the vineyard. Oh man, this is great. And he walks amongst what he has not earned. It's not his. He didn't work for it. He didn't work in it. He didn't have anything to do with it. He didn't earn it. And so, but the only thing is God is watching. And, uh, and Elijah warns Ahab and the consequences of what he's done. And Ahab gets, starts crying again, crying to God, so God feels sorry for him, and says, and gives him a worse punishment, I think. Okay, Ahab, you want to whine like that? I'll spare you, but your kids are going to pay the price. I would rather, and Ahab accepts that. Isn't it a terrible way to be? I would rather die myself and see my kids go through something. And so uh, and Jezebel, well we all know that she became doggy biscuits. Isn't that right? So I want to ask you, have you ever, and this all relates if you just give me time, have you ever had a great idea? Have you ever had a great idea? Do you know that America, the story of America is based on characters like Ahab? Before America existed. The, the world was ruled by people like Ahab. They could come and take anything they wanted, do anything they wanted, and had no accountability whatsoever. Now, there was the ruling class, the elitist, we call them today, and they had control over everything, the land, everything. And then it and wasn't accountable to anybody. Then there was the, what we call, there was no middle class. Can you hear that? I hear it in my hearing aids. 
Sorry about that. And uh, the real, there was no middle class. You either have or have not. And uh, there was no way to move up by merit. There was no way you was either born into the ruling class or you didn't have anything. No power. No protection against uh, the whims of the ruler. No protection against barbarism. No pro uh, the, everything was in the complete power of the ruling class. If they wanted it, they would come and get it. You look at your house, your, the place that you live in, and the place that you work for, you earned. A king could say, listen, I want that house, and there's nothing you can do about it. That for centuries, that's the way it was. Until someone had an idea. One of the new nations formed where all men were created equal. They had an idea. Instead of a ruling class and a working class, everybody had the same opportunity. All men were created equal and had self-determination. People would rise by industry, by their faith. People were elevated in life, not by their birth, but by merit. Amen? Now, to keep this idea alive, they de developed an agreement which gave rules and boundaries which with this idea can grow. An idea that is based upon principles found in a book given by the Creator who has endowed us certain inalienable rights. and wisdom upon all mankind. This idea is that man can determine his own destiny, their own path, and choose their own faith. This idea found footing and foundation through the diligence and determination and wisdom of a group who formed this nation and became the fathers of it. This idea that all men are created equal and should be and should be able to determine their own destiny was tested by the revolutionary conflict that required a nation that required this nation to bind together against the power of the past. If you study history, England and the monarchs of England were the most powerful in the world. They had, there was no way 
that a small colony could defeat this power. But the birth of this idea came through a time of pain and suffering and was made alive by the breath of God. I don't know why I'm so, you know, emotional. I feel like I... Four score and seven years later, as this nation grew, through adolescence, it came up against a, another great time of testing of this belief that all men are created equal. Not just white men or yellow men or Irish men or black men. All people are created equal. Two things happened between the founding of our nation and the Civil War. One was the Louisiana Purchase, which opened vast areas of land. And then the Mexican War, which opened all the land from the Mississippi all the way to the Pacific Ocean. And so the Civil War was not fought because slavery in the South. The problem was the South wanted all these new states to accept slavery. And if all these new states had slavery and they sent their congressmen and senators to Washington, they would have the power in Washington and soon the whole nation would be slavery. That's what the issue was. Amen. That's why they fought the Civil War. Not because the South was, had slavery, because they figured that slavery would die on its own. But the, but wanting, the South wanted to make all these new states have slavery, which means they would have control over the whole country. You follow me? Now, I'm going to give a, a test after this is over. <laughs> the only now the the only problem with that, well, one of the biggest problems is that this would kill the idea follow me? It would kill the idea and it would be the old world all over again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It'd be the same. Man conquering man and owning the, the elite would own the few and, that, and it would be the same thing that we fought for in the Revolutionary War. When the gray, when the gray took up arms, their motto and their reason was because you are challenging our way of life. The Union said, the Union soldiers would say, we're fighting for the Union. But think, the Union 
And if it's keeping the country together, now listen, for the idea that all men are created equal. That's why they fought. That's why young men faced the savagery of the Civil War. It was savage what those young boys went through. And they did it for an idea. Imagine that. That men are created equal and every man has the right of self-determination. And it would be hypocrisy for us as a nation to allow slavery and still believe that all men are created equal. 76 years later, after the Civil War, another conflict arises in the world. And a man in Germany seeks the world dominance and have a great power of the whole world. But this time, the idea that we have in this country says, listen, if it's good enough for us, why should we be the only ones that have this freedom? Why don't we spread fight for this freedom over the whole world? And we have this world conflict. And many nations determined had democracy come into their lives. And freedoms went through all through the world because of an idea. Now, as in the time of Naboth's vineyard, when lusted upon by the king, Naboth refused because it was his inheritance. We have an inheritance. Our inheritance, which is passed down to us by our fathers and their fathers and their fathers and their fathers, who have sacrificed for this idea, who died for this idea, who have devoted their lives to this idea, is that man, all people are created equal and have the right to self-determination. Now, as Jezebel, in her cancel culture of her time, created a mob to take the life of an innocent man who loved his inheritance. And what I'm trying to say is, is that same mob is trying to take away our inheritance, what we determine to be valuable. It's our inheritance. The freedom of self-determination to go where we want, to worship where we want, to work what we want to do, and raise our families the way we think is the right way to raise our families, and not be controlled by a mob. They seek to, to remove the idea to, and to tear down and what we have been built up. Now that was all introduction. <laughs> so what must we do? We must realize several things. One 
He said, freedom comes from God. Freedom comes from God. You look, the Bible says in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth, and Christ is the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And there's a lot of people living under dictators, but they're not slaves because they have the truth. They're free. You see what I'm saying? We are free because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Freedom and the idea of freedom comes from God and the Lord Jesus Christ who lives within us. That's where our freedom comes from. The second thing is that his principles work for all people. People say, and I've heard him say this, it's just so, is that the only reading material people had at the founding of our country was Pilgrim's Progress and the King James Bible and Aesop's Fables, maybe. Not everybody believed the Bible and lived for God. But they lived by the principles which God honored. And so the thing that makes Christianity different than any other religion and why the world hates it is because every individual is important, which is the basis for freedom. In a dictatorship and, and uh, Marxism and socialism and communism, the only ones important is at the top. Christianity teaches that freedom and teaches us that every person is important. And we, we, God gives us principles to live by. The third thing I want to say is you need to know your inheritance. You ever been to another country? You ever been to a... I've been to Israel, and in Israel, it's really weird looking because you go around and teenage boys are carrying automatic weapons in the streets. I mean, everywhere you go, I mean, here they wrestle, you know what I mean? But there, that's just the way life is. And you go into a, a areas where it's not in Israel or... In, it's just dirty and filthy. I mean, it's terrible. Thank God we have the freedom to determine what we think is right. A democracy who we can vote and do all the things that we do. Look at all the opportunities allowed to us by being free. The freedom to have your own business. The freedom to choose the church. The freedom to join them, to be in the ministry. The freedom to do whatever you determine best for you. And the opportunities afforded America because of the protections against uh, 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 and the laws that we have allow business and people to grow. The, uh, our inheritance of our salvation. It's a wonderful thing to be saved, to know that you're going to heaven when you die. 
and not be afraid to say it. And not be afraid if somebody uh, puts you down, you won't be, you're not afraid, you won't be thrown in jail. I saw an article today about certain religion threw Christians in jail because they thought they made a disparaging remark about the Quran. Just thought that they did. In our future, we know that we're going to heaven. And we think of all the opportunities that God has afforded us through the freedom that he has given us. The fourth thing I want to say is be a builder. We live in a society where everybody is tearing down everything else that's important. This person said something about that person. They're destroying each other. And so we don't like what somebody did 40 years ago, so we cancel them out because what they did 40 years ago. But, and people are trying to destroy the church and our beliefs and the things that we hold dear. The Bible says for us to be a builder. Build yourself. I mean, be a stronger Christian. Build yourself. Spend time. Well, you can tell I spend a lot of time in the gym. You know, that's why I'm so uh, uh, buff. The only way some buff is right here, just above the belt. <laughs> I remember, you know, one time I, I said I woke up and I said, "Man, I'm going to, I'm going to start a new life. I'm going to run every day. I'm going to walk. I'm going to swim and lift weights." So I went back to bed until the thought went away. <laughs> Build your family. I wasn't a very, I wasn't as good as a father as I should have been. I wish I'd been a better father. I wish I'd been a better husband. But what's great is I can start now. Okay? I'm going to forget my mistakes. And I'm going to start right now being a better dad. I want my kids to know that I love them. I'm not expressing to my kids, is, I just don't know what to say sometimes. You know what I mean? I don't know. But I want them, and I think they do. They know that I love them. Yes, I've made terrible mistakes. But I can forget those, and I can decide right now to be a better at that area of my life. Build your church. Don't tear down the church. You say, well, this is, they do this, do that. Yeah, so what? Build your church. Build a class. Encourage a couple. Build it by praying for it, by being there and supporting it. Build your church. And build your, build your pastor. Brother Mark is a, a lot better pastor than I would have ever been. I'll just admit it. He's a, he's a, he's a, I've learned a lot from him. And I can't be him. I could never be the pastor of this church. He's the pastor. I don't want it. I don't want to subvert his authority. 
I do want to, so I, I can't be a, I mean, I'm too old, 72 years old. I imagine sometimes thinking about being a pastor again. I don't think I could do it. You know what? But I could help him. I could build him in, in my way. I'm different than a lot of people, but I, mean, I do it my way. And that's what we all ought to think. I mean, I know that he's an Alabama fan. I, you know, God will forgive me for that. I mean, he likes football. I like baseball. <laughs> he likes to fish and hunt. I like to uh, work with my hands and cook. I, I, I never thought I would cook. I always thought being a cook, cook and stuff was being sissy. If you cook, well, you're... you're I enjoy cooking now. I, I found a whole new world of tools I didn't know was out there. I mean, I enjoy it, using these new tools that I learned to, to do things with. You know, and, and so he likes to hunt fish. And that's good. I, I can't hunt because I get too antsy. I can't sit there for hours and hours and hours. I just can't do it. I got to get up and walk around. I can't fish because I, I fish. But I gotta be doing something. I don't know why, why like that. And he's from West Virginia. I feel sorry for him in hills, <laughs> hollers, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm from God's country, Indiana. Hoosier basketball and all that kind of stuff. I'm gonna hold that against him. But he is. He's helped me. We need to build him, right? Don't be a terror down. Somebody tears down things. Build things. Build your community. Let people know in this community that you're not going to preach them, but you'll be good to them. You'll be friendly to them. Everybody on the mountain knows who I am. I talk to everybody. I bumped into some girl today, didn't I, Debbie? Well, Debbie don't want to tell you, but I wrecked my Jeep today. Yeah. And uh, I totaled my Jeep out. I was coming down over the hill, and uh, just as, and there was a uh, trash truck up the road. And, uh, and he was making stops. And just as I went over the hill, I saw the car, and my phone rang. I was sitting, it was sitting in the seat next to me. I just looked at it and looked up. It was too late. Bam! I hit this young girl in the back of the car. And she had, you know, she had red hair and had, you know, things to her nose and lips. And, but she was, she was so frightened. So I tried my best to calm her down. And say, listen, it's my fault. Uh, don't worry about it. It'll be over today. It's no big deal. You know what I mean? And then I, I bet you I went back four or five times to make sure she was okay. And then uh, she said, man, you're a good guy. See, that's what the community ought to think about us. That you're a good person and build your community. We can build America. The, the next thing I want to say is seek the truth. I, I don't believe anything I see on the news. 
whether it's Fox News or any news you want, I don't believe any of it unless I see it and I read about it and I study it. Then I might believe what they're saying. Because people, the elites of this world that have went through the college system have been taught all these things and, and that are against what we believe and we hold true. And they are ready to turn the mob against us. I don't believe anything they say. What I'm saying is, seek the truth. What's the truth of what's going on? You know, the mob is how they killed Stephen. Mob is how they killed Christ. And just because we're doing now, but hey, listen, the mob will turn against us. Sixth, recognize the faults of others and offer forgiveness. Recognize the faults of others. Now, if I had a great big notebook about that thick and gave you a pen, maybe two or three pens, uh, you might have enough room to write all my faults. And, you, and, if, and Debbie will tell you, she'll tell you what my faults are. I mean, you, Bible says in Colossians 2.13, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Listen, I have done some things in my life that's terrible. I mean, it was, it was bad. But God's forgiven me for that. And you need, we need to forgive not only each other, but people in the community, everybody, have forgiveness in your heart. Number seven, this is something that people just don't do anymore, and that's read. You need to read. You hear me? Read. Read books. I mean, I would, I, you read a book and it will take you on a vacation, it'll take you on a trip, it'll take you anywhere you want to go and never leave your house. I was there when Washington crossed, the, crossed that river. I was there at, in the War of 1812 when Andrew Jock Jackson defeated the British in, in New Orleans. I was there in Gettysburg when Lincoln gave that famous address. And you say, well, you're, how could you be there at 72 years? Because I read. Amen. You need to read. When you read, you begin to determine what truth is in your own mind instead of tell, people telling you what you should believe. Yeah. Be a giver, not a taker. Be a giver, not a taker. Don't live. What I'm saying is, so many people, and I think it's ruined our society and groups of people, is teaching them to be takers instead of earning their own way. 
Be a giver, not a taker. Amen? And the last one here is this. Work to leave something behind. <coughs> Work to leave something behind when you're gone. Something that people can look at and say, listen, I remember when he did that or she did that, it meant a lot to me. I remember their sacrifice. I remember when they did this and, and they did that for me. Build something. Do something. Leave something behind when God takes you to heaven. There's a guy that uh, used to live behind us in Fox Run, a subdivision there. And he's kind of a gregarious individual. He used to go to our church some at Pinecrest, and uh, I see him all the time, and he's just full of laughter, and uh, and I I ran into him once while, the other day, I, he pulled at a gas station, and as he's pulling in, I was standing there, and I beat on the side of his van, and then I act like he hit me with it. <laughs> you know. I ran, I ran into him at his house, I was looking at a project for somebody, and I ran into him, and he said to the lady there, yeah, that's Pastor Market. He's the hardest working man I've ever met. That's the... My kids tell me, thank you so much for teaching me how to work. Leave something behind. Amen? Don't leave this earth and not leave something back that people can remember what you did. Amen? Now I know this is an unusual type of message, but I mean it's been on my heart for weeks. These ideas and this thing and reading books and stuff and it just, and I sat in, in home today and I just thought about what I was going to say and it just came out. I began to write and I couldn't stop. Because I love America. I loved it when I was a kid and we were free. You didn't ride a bicycle with a helmet. You rode in the back of a pickup. <laughs> right? And if it, if it snowed on a school day, you went to school anyway. I mean, it was different. And I want my grandkids to know what America is about. And that worries me. That's why I brought this message. And I hope you take it to your heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time together this evening. I pray that you bless these words. And I pray that you be an encouragement to all of us and help us to remember that our inheritance has been given to us by our fathers and by you. Bless us tonight. Keep us safe as we go home. In Jesus' name.